all corners of the globe to your ears. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Joining me is Mr. John Gray. Say hello, John. Hello, everybody. And returning to the show is special guest, Mr. Zolly Becker. Say hello, Zolly. Hello, it's me, Zolly Becker. He's restoring the Snyderverse. Single-handed. Well, not single-handed. No. Got to happen. It's going to happen. But... So for this week, we are doing, we are returning our uh, X-Files series. We're dipping back into the well, going back to the 90s, the good old days when conspiracy theories were comfy and fun, when they were about like aliens and black-eyed children, uh, you know, and other stuff you'd hear about on Coast to Coast AM. And Everclear was on the radio. That's right. That's right. And Lit. And lit and filter, <laughs> filter, yeah, yeah. They they were in uh, one of the episodes we covered, uh, the 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 one where Giovanni Rabisi like electrocutes people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey man, nice <laughs> shot. I think they had to exploit that just like Demon Knight, right? Yeah, and it, and the dude the from Filter's brother ended up being a regular on X Files. Yeah, that's true. And um, I don't think they ever played God Loves Underwater on X Files. Mm. They never played Take My Picture. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was some comfy, comfy 90s jams. I know there was a lot of that stuff. I've been proven to a lot of it on uh, Spotify. So I noticed been, Stu's, uh, Stu, Stu's like really into the Bloodhound Gang lately. Bloodhound Gang is in the, I was on the Batman and Robert soundtrack, but they don't figure too much in the, in the 1990s, in my 90s rotation. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I'm sorry. I don't know why that is. Yeah, well, they were huge in Europe, but the reason they don't tour anymore is because their bass player decided that when they were playing in Russia, it'd be a good idea to shove the Russian flag down his pants and pull it out his from the back. That's that's uh, that's one that's uh, it's a move from Pussy Riot. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was before that, even I think. Oh boy. And oh, they got they got chased out of the country, like <laughs> like had to flee. And uh, I heard and I heard the dr- the drummer at the time. He was like this old English guy. He was like, yeah, you know, and that they banned us in all the places where we were popular, so we don't do it no more. <laughs> so I don't know. R.I.P. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Not every not every country is as soft on you uh, destroying their flag as the United States is, I guess. Right. We're the softest. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so our flag is really vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I think when they manufacture the flags, they make sure it's like with flammable chemicals, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so it gives the end user the, the desired result. <laughs> That would be like a way to curb flag burning is to make the flags too flammable. <laughs> you know? They go all at once like receipt paper. We're going to stick yeah. it to you. 
makes it <laughs> yeah, impossible yeah. to capture on camera. Turns them into spawn if they like yeah. to play. Yeah. That is, that is kind of what happened to Richard Lynch. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He never talked about it. Um, <laughs> then, I mean, somebody was yeah. burning a flag and gasoline or something. I mean, he may he you know he may not have been purely just burning it, but I think that there was uh, it wasn't just LSD. Yeah, if the actor it's expected. I I remember the episode of The Simpsons where they did the "I'm Just a Bill" parody, but the Bills try <laughs> the Bills like oh, those uh, flag burners have got too much freedom. I want to make it legal for policemen to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> is this from the early seasons before they were all oh yeah bags? oh okay. yeah yeah this was a while ago from the 90s the, yeah. the, the good years of the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> everything was better yeah i think no, it was even no. oh go ahead no 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 you, you, there's a delay it's time travel oh i was gonna say um i forgot what i was gonna say it's fine no worries. I think of, uh, I'm thinking of contact and Jerry Foster. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so the episode of X-Files we're doing is Pusher, season three, episode 17, directed by Rob Bowman uh, and written by, uh, once again, Vince Gilligan, who would go on to create Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul and... Uh, unfortunately hancock but they can't all be zingers um so yeah and uh this is one that's kind of a fan favorite episode it's got robert wiseden uh who snyderverse fans may remember as richard nixon from Watchmen. <laughs> ah. he, he plays this uh this guy who can uh basically convince people to do things like he can he's a contract killer who can uh convince people to basically commit suicide or do things that aren't in their best interest and uh he attracts the attention of the fbi because he brags about it and of course this attracts the attention of Mulder and scully um zolly had you seen this one before Oh yeah, I've seen it. Well, I saw it back back in the day, and then I saw it on Netflix. And then I saw it um in the, the physical season set once it got. I mean, I saw it originally before they changed the special effects and the aspect ratio. Mm. I mean, we must remember the current X Files we all watch is is a subtly altered version of the original X Files. Um. Not in any meaningful way. But yeah, I said back in the day, um, I said the sequel episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which isn't as good. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, X-Files had a habit of having kind of a banger one-off, like whether it was Squeeze with the Victor Toombs character or this one. And they would do, they would have a really awesome villain of the week, like a one-off episode. And then they would do a sequel to it. And I never thought the sequels, whenever they would do a sequel, was any good. Like, I thought the sequel to Squeeze was weak. I thought the sequel to Pusher was weak. Um, you know, I can't really think of any good any good times where they've tried to, you know, double dip on that. Never worked. Never worked. Because the only, the only 
sequential X-Files is a mythology, which simply erase each other. They go over each other and erase each other. Mm-hmm. The anthology, this Monster of the Week stuff, mm-hmm. none of the, even like the funny stuff, you cannot have any chronological, sequential callbacks, call forwards. Mm-hmm. Because you'll run into problems like, um, the X-Files has a habit of using the same supporting cast in bit parts. Mm-hmm. Like people like Roger Cross and, uh, oh, I forget the guy who plays Spender. And oh, I, yeah. I want to do that with the idiot. But like you'll, you'll see these people pop up again and it, 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 you, can't, you can't do story arcs that last more than one a year. And, that, and I remember like Crycheck was originally on the show as a different character yes yeah. as as the victim of the of the amish from aphrodite yeah. <laughs> still people wonder if that was really crycheck yeah. i and think there's investigating a... in his own way yeah <laughs> uh crycheck one of the most bizarre recurring characters because it just there's a lot of making crap up as they go along in x-files that doesn't really well, I, I feel like Project was like an earlier Jeffrey Spender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then... Uh, well, Jeffrey Spender and, and Project existed simultaneously. But they both kind of had... Well, I mean, they killed off Project. Spender got turned into, like, a keloid mutant monster man, but he recovered. Yeah, at did. some point in the mid in the mid twenty teens, he just got better. Yeah, because he was made into a super soldier. I think. But that, that's the first show. Wasn't this the first show that like listened to the fans on the internet bulletin boards and took they suggestions? Listened, I mean, they listened to David Grohl. I mean, David Grohl was in it. I still don't know where he's in it because I can only identify current mm-hmm. David Grohl. In crowd scene, not before he got facial uh, hair. Yes, <laughs> not not the I the guy from the drummer from Nirvana just can't, you know, just can't. Yeah, he look, he looks different. In yeah, I I I remember um watching some early Foo Fighters videos, and he's kind of got he's really smiling a lot, <laughs> and he's got yeah. this he's got this sort of he looks real young. And then when he when he grew facial hair, he kind of took on a different demeanor completely. I don't know. It just his personality. Yeah, at that point, he 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 had he had realized his place in the industry and in the canon. Mm. But you know, music isn't isn't my specialty or anything. But I I think that uh, from ninety four to ninety seven, Dave Grohl changed a lot. Mm-hmm. He was like a witness to history because he's one of the few people who knows exactly how dishonest El Duce is being in Kurt and Courtney. <laughs> but he can never explain or quantify to another person what actually, what, what the actual situation is. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like Dave is a, you know, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of a he's he's probably the most normie rock star. Yes. 
I think he's like the quintessential. What? Non-controversial. Yeah, well, yeah, like he'll always kind of toe the company line. You know, he he loves like punk rock and stuff like that, but he's never going to ruffle anyone's feathers. Except for the passport, the vaccine passport requirement for his concert. Yeah, like he'll just kind of go along with whatever. You know, he's not going to he's not going to make anybody at Rolling Stone mad. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to upset the, the current, whoever the current Lester bangs is, you know, the, he's he's the neoliberal of rock, basically the ultimate neoliberal. Yeah. Like like kid rock at all. (laughs) Yeah. He's 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 very different, (laughs) but uh, like he, uh, he wrote an out. I remember when uh, Bush was running against Carrie and he was like all involved in the in the carry campaign and he did this double album called in your honor and the songs like in your honor i will die tonight and i found out that song was about john carry and i just wanted to die from embarrassment <laughs> imagine wanting to oh, die imagine saying unironically in a song that you would die for john carry well, that was that was the beginning of the personality cult yes yeah. yep yeah and yeah no one in particular but you know it can go bad it can go bad. But I mean, you know, Roger Cross. I, I yeah. noticed. I always noticed Roger Cross in the next mm-hmm. file. Yeah, he was in this one. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if he's the same, if he's the same soldier in each of them. But he's uh, let me see here. Who's the FBI guy? He's the FBI guy or soldier. He's in I five to look. He's in five different episodes as five different characters. <laughs> so yes yes you're you're absolutely right he's not uh reprising any roles <laughs> he's just a guy they go to when they need a certain well, type but that is something i've noticed throughout the show is sort of recurring bit players in different well i mean you appreciate the x-files again way better after you become an adult and watch all 24 mm-hmm. because then you, you see the, the Howard Gordon machine at work. And, you know, you see all the people, all the, the, the way of going about things. And you see towards the end of the original X-Files, the change in thinking. Like, like the final episode, William Devane makes it really clear that in the era of, you know, Jack Bauer, David Duchovny is not a hero. And you need to get right with that American people. Yeah, and, you know that 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 was that was uh, you know that was some fourth wall television because it you know it ended with its little fourth wall happy X Files theme which I love, but of course everything in that finale was walked back in the 2015 finale and 2017 finale, oh, and yeah. I believe I have I have faith that they'll make more. I mean they have to make more. Yeah. To justify the existence of the Fox Network. <laughs> yeah, the Simpsons is gone, so they're gonna have to. Yeah, they gotta bring back the legacy shows. <laughs> yeah, hey, Chris Carter's waiting for that phone call. Hey, better call Saul's over. He could bring Vince back. You know, that's true. I've never seen Super Better Call Saul. I've seen the first season, but I I, I refuse to uh, be teased by Cinnabon. 
<laughs> Cinnabon aggressively advertised to you in that show. I've never seen it. I've yet to see it. Is it worth it? It's good. It I like watching? it. I like it. Okay. Um, yeah, Garrett likes it a lot. So. Yeah, it and it gets better and better and better as it builds and builds and builds. But it's become one of those shows like everybody watches it, so I don't feel like watch. I need to watch yeah. it because I feel yeah, like I've watched it with everybody who talks about how great it is. Yeah, you know, I rarely watch shows while they're on because like, they feel broadcast television. I feel anything that everyone is in is uh, is inherently a, a brain drain and <laughs> a philistine activity. It'll yeah. make me lesser and lower. <laughs> no, it's yeah i i do have whenever something's like it's weird it's different with streaming shows where they're all just kind of dumped but when something's playing week after week usually i just wait till it's all over the dust is settled and then i can just go and watch it you know and i'm not getting caught up in the hype or anything like that well you don't want a lost finale to to uh, to build you build up for and then but you know what's you funny with garbage I never got into Lost because uh, the first season was on. I remember I was in college I th- and mm-hmm. the first season was on and everyone was super into Lost. Like they were like, oh, man, you got to watch Lost. Oh, my gosh. It's like everything that's awesome. And I was going, OK, I'm going to get around to it. And I remember seeing the season one set and I was like, I'll wait and grab it used. You know, I'll check it out at some point. Right. And I kind of, you know, waited around. I was, you know, distracted by other things. And then when I remember when season two started going, people were going, well, I don't know. Like, you know, people yeah. were they're making remember, shit up. Yeah. I remember they were kind of going, I don't think they know what's going on. I think they're making it up as they go along. And uh, during that lost season one, that's when that was the moment where JJ Abrams was like the golden boy where he, yes. was, he was doing star Trek. He was doing uh he had alias he had mission impossible three kind of in that year few years there and he, he was kind of the golden well. boy what he did very well in a short time yeah he did and uh but i just remember uh when lost came about uh you know after, i think around season two my friends started kind of jumping ship on it and um mm-hmm. and then like after a few years, you know, it was just the people who were kind of, they were like, I'm committed. I'm sticking in this for the long haul who were watching it. And he had another show too. And I remember when it came out, it was called like Spore or, uh, oh gosh, what was it called? It was, uh, it, it was some like, I, I, I'll look this up, but I just remember he had this show that came out after a few years of Lost. And I remember I had friends going, I'm not getting invested in this because I know it's going to, I know it's not going to be any good because uh, JJ doesn't have a long game. Like he's good at going. Oh, Cloverfield was another one too that, yeah. you know, had a, a big hype trailer and stuff like that. Um, the JJ Golden Goose was slaughtered mm-hmm. by 2015 completely. And now we live in a post. We live in a post bad robot world. I think. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the show I was thinking of was Fringe. 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 I, watched, oh. I watched a few seasons of that. It was an X 
Devils knockoff, basically. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I never saw. I never saw. To keep, yeah, I got tired of it after a couple of years. It was uh, okay. I, mm. I successfully never watched any JJ English television until Westworld. Is he behind so, what? Yeah. Is he behind Westworld? JJ, I think so. Yeah, uh, he's teamed with Chris Nolan's brother. I think is actually like right the weaker side. of the two. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan, I think, is doing. I think Person of Interest involved J.J. Abrams as well. well. Yes, it did. And that was Jonathan Nolan. Ultimately, it's all these shows are so just a thing that circles the dream going nowhere. I mean, I never watched Lost, but when I saw the promos in like 2005, I assume the only reason why you're trapped in an island apophenic and you're like, you have to have, you can't like leave ever. Is because you're you're dead in purgatory or some or something like that. So yeah. even if that wasn't their their intended ending, like their intended, you know, you know, Bible five year plan, this is very end. The mechanics of storytelling. You know, what's the mystery of why you're on the island? You know, oh, I've never watched it. I don't know who the people are. I don't know who the Harry Knowles looking guy is. I don't know what Terry O'Quinn's function is. I have no idea. I've seen some of the McFarlane toys as they've drifted through history, but it's something that I was blessed to be spared from. Completely. Mm-hmm. I spared myself from it. But not, you know, not Star Trek and Star Wars. So it's not like I'm not like. Um. So, John, uh, had you seen what was your how, how what's your history with this episode? Have you seen it before? Is it one you consider one of the better? I, ones? I think I um, I saw this one back during broadcast, like back in the 90s on Fox, because I was uh, there was a point around third or fourth season where I got hooked into the X-Files. I was watching it every Sunday. And uh, it's funny you mentioned the sequel episode. I don't think I've seen it or I watched it and totally forgot about it. Because uh, those those last couple of seasons uh, before Robert Patrick joined, uh, they're almost like a blur. I There's not a lot of episodes I remember deeply from those seasons because they were kind of coasting on their uh, their big success. They were the most popular show on Fox, probably on TV at the time. And um, I mean, this is like the last water cooler show from broadcast TV that I remember before Lost. Yeah, there's no and, uh, Yeah, it was, uh, was kind of nuts how popular it was and what a big part of the 90s you know pop phenomena it was at the time uh but i remember liking this episode because they did the whole mind control thing and tied it in with him putting hitman ads in ninja magazines yeah which were (laughs) kind of a phenomenon that was gone by yeah like american ronin magazine it was like samurai mix it's it's ronin (laughs) yes his his pronunciation is very Otaku, perfect. Yeah, just the uh, the use of the word "us" saying to push, but if apparently if you go to Okinawa and you go to those uh, karate training camps in Okinawa, if you say "us," they don't think of it as push. It's like "good morning." Huh. So it's 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 funny how that translation works. But apparently in Japan, it does mean push or pusher, but it's not used in the context that the episode uses it in. Well, I mean, you know. The- the way I'd explain all that away is 
the X-Files' own, ex, you know, explanations about things within its own mythology. Are yeah, yeah, it, it makes its so own rules. <laughs> having uh, real-world, you know, mistakes about, you know, Japanese language or anything else is really fair game. I mean, like, how do you, like, that's the thing, like, in medical shows, you have no reason to believe they're saying anything legitimate. It's just the suspension of disbelief. Now, yeah, House is a prime offender of that. And we just we just assume that you know House is is totally in phase the New England Journal of Medicine and would never be techno level for Star Trek. But you know, we don't know. <laughs> I mean there there are there are things, you know, in like Jose Chums from Outer Space, and like a lot of the uh the comedy episodes of Star Trek that are like you know, fake trivia quotes mm-hmm. that, you know, some people might just take it face value. Like, the, like laser discs and things were like punchlines back then. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, you know, so you don't know. Yeah, and C- CSI is a big offender of that stuff too, with made up science, basically, or phony science. And very inspired by the X-Files, I think, with the photography. It looks yeah. like a Howard Gordon supervised show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the wars of the Yelter, yeah. And like you said, the, the style changed once they moved to L.A. in the last two seasons. But, well, the last two seasons yeah. of the... Uh, before the company left. It began uh, yeah. to look like... Uh, the way CSI looks now, looked, it looked like. Before then, it looked like everything made in uh in canada <laughs> that dreary canada look yes like forever night <laughs> yeah. yes all those stephen cannell shows like wise guy and booker and 21 jump street use they use a lot of canadian actors too like the guy playing the the uh the killer in this episode he's a he's a canadian actor that's why snyder uses them in uh watchman but x-files always had a, a high amount of canadian talent like still look Canadian until ninety eight, yeah. Yeah, you'd see like a young Jill State. You'd see, um, uh, you know, yeah. I, th- I think it kept the Canadian film industry busy. But every, every Canadian, yes, it, it was. It was purely Canadian until you know they moved. It was a big cultural fixation. Also, the fact that the X Files was filmed in Canada until when it wasn't. It the fact that right. it moved to America was like a big deal cause of much media gossip and stuff. The Simpsons even talked about it. The Simpsons and the X-Files were basically the, the, co- the co-poles of the Fox TV media empire. Yeah. When yeah. I think of Fox, I think of those shows, both of them. I yeah, don't think of Married sure. with Children, which is the oldest Fox yeah. show that lasted the longest, but it's, I never think of those original shows. Like I don't think of Beans Baxter. I think of the X-Files. Or Simpsons. Yeah, when I went to the Fox lot, you know, well after, uh, you know, X Files' domination, I was walking down the, uh, I was walking down the street, and uh, I see the parking lot, a parking lot sitting there, and uh, it's, it's the parking spot for James Wong. And it was it was because he was working on American Horror Story, I think. But I was going, well, 
You still got the parking space. <laughs> well, when was this before or after twenty sixteen? This was twenty eighteen. So, okay. yeah, so. five years. Or yeah, was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? Um, Four or five years. Yeah, something after like the slow cooking vehicular manslaughter of Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, state that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the um, this episode, I think I remember liking it a lot when I saw it first run. But then um, at the time, Entertainment Weekly was real big on these uh, review guides to the show. So far, if it was the big show on TV. So it was like Santa Fantastique. They had every episode reviewed and rated. And they actually rated this one really low. So it, it, which was kind of strange. I think they just had a bias against the monster of the week stuff. Or villain of the week type stuff. Because they yeah, all wanted like, their long form UFO mythology, you know, bees and Blackpool stuff and you know, Mulder's sister and all that going on. Mulder's sister. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She can still turn up. I mean, she could. You could still find the real, the real Samantha Mulder. Yeah, I I remember the story would change throughout the show. Like in the first episode, he's like, my my sister, you know, she just disappeared, no note, nothing. And then like later on, he's in the room with her as the lights come in and she vanishes, and and you know, all kinds of the 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 story is constantly changing. And then, you know, my dad is the smoking man. Or is he? Because <laughs> they were teasing the internet bulletin board people. Oh, <laughs> they were man. teasing the people on Usenet. That's all they were doing. Well, I mean, you know, the internet, the internet and fan culture really kind of grew up around discussing the X Files and Star Trek, Star Wars, and, and Buffy. Yeah, I mean, they, they made more Star Wars movies to catch up essentially with the internet because there was discussion of you know, you know. The dead, the dead Star Wars trilogy. I guess they wanted to participate in the active online fan culture. Or go prequels and sequels. But yeah, I mean, you know, ain't it cool news? Came yeah. from exactly that. Yeah, I mean, I mean spoilers about spoilers about X Files. It was a currency hmm. in '99. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. And the, you know the whole the whole two year phantom period where they had you know where, where it was Annabeth Gish and, and and Robert Patrick they even though like the ratings were, were down there was this whole soap opera you know when will they bring back Mulder thing in the fandom not just the X Files fandom but like the the broader sci fi fandom that continued to circulate. And kept the, the brand alive at a low roar. And I have no idea what the what the finale's numbers were ratings wise. I like, wasn't cognizant of TV ratings really in two thousand two, two thousand three. But you know, it, it felt like a much more serious version of the Seinfeld finale. I remember it was kind of an event because um, I had friends at school who you know, still followed X-Files 
and um they uh I remember I had, a, you know, I remember watching the finale because I wasn't particularly into it at the time. But when it the finale happened, um, my friend uh, was like, you know, when we go home, we're watching, you know, the, the you know, when you're coming over to my house, we're going to watch the X-Files finale tonight. Like, you know, this is non-negotiable. You mean event? <laughs> yeah. And so we watched it. And um, but so, it, I mean, I think it, it must have been kind of a big deal because I remember there was buzz about it. Like, oh, X-Files, this is it, you know. Um, even though most people were pretty unhappy with the show by that point. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was over. People wanted it. People wanted it again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of absurd now you think about it. And, and, I, and I just remember watching those last two seasons. And uh, like you said, when's Mulder coming back? It You know, Duchovny would be gone. And then he would return for a couple episodes and then he'd be gone. And, and then they would kind of tease, they kept teasing it, but it, it must've sucked to like, you know, for the, you know, they were wanting to move on with John Doggett, you know, but it's kind of hard to move on with these new characters, with these new dynamics when, you know, Mulder keeps popping up like a -a (laughs) whack-a-mole, even though Duchovny didn't want to be there. He was wanting to get his big movie career going. And he looked like he didn't want to be there in those episodes. He looked like he, he, he always looked uncomfortable. He wasn't back in Mulder mode. Yeah, it's strange how that that the whole last three years, last four years unfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really strange. Uh, it's a really strange few years of television. Uh, when those the like when Mulder leaves onward, it's a very bizarre uh, few seasons. Kind of an interesting well, also, few seasons. Also, the interview, the interview, like when Duchovny or Jillian Anderson were interviewed, they always seemed unhappy. Like they seemed miserable that they were on the show. Yeah. Like they weren't like happy to be there or anything. It's like they were, it's almost like they were tired of the success or something like that. Like they mm-hmm. just, like uh, they left Canada. One reason was Duchovny was on Conan O'Brien and he said, yeah, Vancouver is a great city to work in if you like four hours of rain every day. And apparently yeah, I mean, it was a big campaign to, to kick the X-Files out of Vancouver, even though they made so much money out of it. But I mean, yeah, uh, they, it made him unpopular. And, they, you know, I they think... They came to America because it gave the company, yeah. Yeah, and it was... Um, and I think it was kind of a victim of its own success. And obviously, story-wise and with the scripts and everything, it was probably supposed to end after six seasons, but because it got stretched on and Fox wouldn't let Chris Carter in the show. I think they were lining up a Brinks truck keep him going and because well, uh, they didn't the, want to lose that show the overarching plot just got so ridiculous you know where it just it's it if you try to explain the lore episode plot arc i don't think you can do it uh you because can't. it's so convoluted and it's not always that way but you know, you could tell the show reached a certain point where they like kill off all the Illuminati characters and they're yeah. like we're just kind of done with these guys and uh but nope it's got to keep going it's got to keep going uh here's now scully has an alien baby um <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah, well i mean yeah the, the whole the, the last four years was weird because you know david duchovny you know browbeat them into moving to la and having all these la people and then he quit the show 
But he never really left the show. He like cast this ghostly shadow over it. Yeah. Which I mean, never it's... allowed it to become. I think Chris Carter had like des- like designs of like Robert Patrick becoming the lead for like ten years. Somehow. Yeah. Oh, I think he did. I think that was the the goal. But that was never going to happen ever because it was it was uh, you know there there was a ship at stake also. And you know, people wanted Mulder and Scully together where they could see them and, forever and ever. And you know, I think the kind of dudes that watched X Files back then, I think a Mulder is is kind of a geek like they are. He loves conspiracies. He's kind yeah, of a dreamer. And then you got John Doggett, who's like, "Man, I'm a true. I'm a I'm a cop from the streets." What are you talking about, man? This alien stuff is crazy, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know that. I can't shoot that, man. <laughs> I'm just yeah. A guy. He's a two alpha male military tough guy. Yeah, for the audience, the X Files audience. So it's, it's weird that Doggett didn't come back in the new. Anyway, you were saying that sort of. But yeah, I just don't think fans were going to accept a guy like John Doggett. You know, uh, even though there's been a lot of, I've seen a lot of articles in recent years talking about how John Doggett never got a fair shake and he was a good character and blah, blah, blah. But they didn't, they didn't, but you were right. They didn't bring him back for the uh, new series, which I thought was weird. So they brought Reyes back, but they didn't yeah, they, bring they, him they, back. They, well, they, they, they painted her with the brush of hatred that you, I guess, like were going to give to the new leads because, you know, God damn it, we're gonna give them an unfair shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, because they, they kind of introduce Reyes and kill her off in the new season. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're like, Yeah, I've been hoping the, the smoking man ever since. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, yeah, the, the reason why John Jagger was never gonna fair shake. By the fans, because he was never given a fair shake by the show. He was yeah. always given the, the presentation of it as a placeholder substitute lead for when Mulder comes back, and he will. <laughs> he will. Because that, that itself is a mystery. Because first there was the mystery of, of saving Mulder from the aliens, then, then bringing him back to life after he was shrunken and dead. Then there was... Uh, yeah, I mean, and then it ends in, in the trial. The trial of Fox Mulder versus um, the new Illuminati. And and the first killing of the smoking man. No, yes. the first final killing of the smoking man. Oh, man. I need to go back and watch the series finale again. <clears throat> the, everything in it gets undone. But I, I love... I love the final two minutes because of how romantic it is. Well, and, um, you know, you said something about, uh, you know, Jack Bauer killed X-Files. And a lot of people I've heard say, you know, X-Files was kind of a pre-9-11 product and like post-9-11, you know, which, by the way, you know, we I've as I've mentioned before, uh, the lone gunman predicted 9-11 like with eerie with eerie like accuracy um but 
the show didn't last too long after that. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think, I think, I think there is something to that, that uh, the sort of role government plays that, that sort of conspiracy culture changed after that. You know, the Art Bell kept leaving coast to coast. Mm-hmm. He would only come back infrequently. But I, I remember that. He was the yeah. Fox Mulder of radio. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it changed people. It, it turned Jesse Ventura into a very different person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the the, 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 the Fox Mulder hero is no longer in vogue. By the time of the trial of Fox Mulder, was a very corrupt thing in many ways. Mm-hmm. Because he had been accidentally made irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also the um the thing about DeCovey versus Robert Patrick is the way they had Mulder portrayed. Yeah, he's basically the nerd sci-fi fans ideal hero because he's this super handsome dude never gets laid he's addicted to porn you know, <laughs> yeah several several episodes that darren morgan wrote yeah. kind of addressed the porn in, in uh in pusher he's like hey you get the playboy channel with this thing yeah yeah it's like this <laughs> he's so he's like this kind of desperate incel even though he looks like a god you know it's yeah like it's there, a, there's lots of uh uh high key chud incel lust in that like yeah. the Peter Boyle psychic one, he's like, there isn't a chance that I could, you know, do it to you. Is it possible? And she's like, no. <laughs> so there's lots of like a uh, beta male lust. Yeah, it's like Mulder like simps oh, around so. Scully. You know, yeah. well, and Lately, it's and one thing I love too is like whenever Duchovny directs, Scully like is really flirtatious with him. <laughs> like that that like he did that baseball one that like field of dreams episode where he like plays boomer baseball worship episode yeah That's like oh, great. mandatory yeah and and scully's like in one scene with him and she's like oh Mulder, and she like gets in his lap and they're like <laughs> laugh, you know <laughs> and i was going oh yeah duchovny's duchovny's directing now you know Mulder's yeah. Mulder's Mulder's more of a uh chick magnet when the company direct yeah clearly not written by darren morgan no. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is that the, the talent is wildly inconsistent modern audiences never go for that they, they need they need, you know strict consistent bug feed yeah yeah they like one they they kind of like that one writer writing the entire show like the taylor oh, Sheridan. yeah or you know who whoever else like david chase or whatever it's that one voice for the characters the entire run they can't deal with the you know yeah, i mean the, the, the kids and x-files were wild not just the way things they say i mean the, like in the two darren the two darren one of the first darren mcgavin x-files episode they have a flashback where like a molder is shown smoking because they did, they did it like just to fuck with the online fandom. Yeah, to, like, be like, why would he do that? It's like, like, and I don't know if that was before or after they started revealing that you know the smoking man was Mulder's father. I'm not sure they're related, even stylistically or subliminally. 
You think well, they went back and forth on it like a wrestling promotion? You know, well, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they, they're going back on it now. I'm sure they, they're thinking about retconning it now. Yeah. Like, when, they, when they make more, and they will, you know, you, the only way you can reveal the truth after you reveal the truth is to reveal the last truth is not the full truth, which is, you know, each successive X-Files season, you know, starting, I think, with five, they started to do like in, I can't remember what it was, but the the season the season the several I think it's season five. It's the several episode arc where Scully gets gets cancer. They can mm. only be curious the alien isotope, mm-hmm. and the smoking man admits at some point that several elements of the alien conspiracy are a hoax. Yeah, but only but only um. To prepare people better for the alien conspiracy, which is real or something, and at the and that is the first time the smoking man is killed off, as he's he's killed off at the end of uh, that episode arc where, where Scully's cancer is cured by the alien isotope. But that that is the first evidence of the truth being revealed in the show, and then subsequent subsequent anthology episodes. Don't just wreck on it. They they erase it as if as if it never happened. And that was you know another deeper level. But that's how they you know got past having things like the Illuminati <clears throat> and went straight to uh, well you know we'll, we'll discuss at the end of the later. Anyway, well and um you know one thing you were saying about the variety of voices in the writers, you know people want their TV shows to be like movies. Uh, where you get the the in individually packaged episodes, but it's a longer form. But one thing, one reason X Files is one of my favorite shows is that there is so much variety. Like you have the comedy episodes, you have the horror episodes, you've got action, cyberpunk, like sci-fi. There's all kinds of stuff in this show. Like it's it's got a lot going on, and um, you know, there's there's something to be. I you know, I think. I think that's kind of something that's missing from modern day television is when, when shows have different, you know, different writers trying out different things like Star Trek, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Different ideas. Well, it's like, um, I, the way I watch the show is random. Like you guys suggest an episode to cover for the show, or I just decide, Oh, I've never seen this one or I don't remember this one and just pick one out. That's what I like about it. I, those are my favorite kind of shows. I hate the idea having to start over watch everything everything beginning yeah. and it's exhausting i don't have time for that in my life these yeah. days you know got no a wife is- got a kid got dog got a cats got you know you know a household to run the job it's like i don't have time to binge like 20 hours of one show so oh oh uh Mulder and scully investigate a lake monster okay i'll watch that you know it's yeah just, easy as that it's it's very convenient to have that type of show that you can just pluck out and watch you know and it seemed like there was a period where the show was doing like oh let's get like you know william gibson to write an episode let's get stephen king like they were getting like random authors to like come yeah they heavily write. rewrote the stephen king episode heavily well like you know it didn't you even resemble it? what he wrote <laughs> stephen king's teleplays can be uh they can be something i don't know <laughs> is that the haunted doll episode or the it's the, the yeah, it's the doll episode, I think. 
It's um, like a crying doll. It, it was almost like it was spoofing Stephen King type of horror. Yeah, because it takes place in and Maine, I, I, and it, it was kind of silly. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. It was kind of a goofy episode. That was at the height of their popularity. Yeah, oh, they were yeah. Still in and... yeah, the William Gibson episode was closer to what? That was closer to a regular X-Files, because he... I think he wrote it with uh he co-wrote it with the editor of Wired magazine or one of those type of guys. You're talking That's about you're, we're talking about the Invisigoth episode, right? Um a... I'm thinking of the one with the virtual reality game. Okay, because he, the... did, he did he because he wrote Invisigoth and then he wrote yeah. first person shooter. Which is first that's like, shooter is one that, I'm thinking of. That's the Mortal Kombat episode. You know, like, yeah, that one's that's just got that's got wild. the girl that was George Clooney's beard for a couple of years, <laughs> and then she was David Spade's beard. Yes, <laughs> uh, Krista Allen, I think was her name. She played Emmanuel in some crappy TV show they made oh, for, of course, European television in the in the early nineties or something. But yeah, <laughs> she was the Clooney beard, then she was the David Spade beard, or something like that. Yeah, that's a that's a wild one. Um, but uh, you know, what did you think of Pusher revisiting it, uh, John? Uh, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it more now than um than when I saw it, you know, in the nineties. Uh, I was basically it's just fun to go back and watch something like this. That's just this entertaining. It's like when I watch uh an Avengers episode with Diana Rigg or mm-hmm. Honor Blackman or whatever um and so yeah, yeah i just watch something and, and i appreciate it more i don't i don't know what they change about the special effects but now zali has me intrigued by saying yeah. that they tweak the effects for the hd transfers yeah well maybe. i mean not 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 meaningfully but I, I can't guarantee that everything is exactly yeah same as it was right because they may have cleaned stuff up because i remember there was like digital blurring and their early cgi effects they were doing and stuff so i'm sure they probably cleaned that stuff up well i think a lot of it they just left raw and yeah and which is fine as well. and i remember i was watching some of the episodes from season one and thinking the episode the the effects looked a little good for when that was airing so you might be on to something there yeah um because i've been going back in there's lots of repetitive stuff yeah yeah, you know, season one is uh it's got some really good ones in there. Uh but it's a lot of Mulder and Scully running around in fields, like looking for, you know, experimental aircraft. And um but then season two, season two kind of felt like it was in the woods, and I I don't think the the show really hits its stride till season three. Yeah, that's um, true. I think that's when it really gets good. Um, well, I mean, either season three or the 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 first Dan Morgan episode in season two. Yeah. Because after the the the, the show really turns in season two after the uh, Steve rails back two part where he kidnaps Scott. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Season two is where they basically impart most of the alien mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also has probably the 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 favorite monster episode with like the Gill Man, Sucker Man creature. <laughs> that yeah, you see associated with the whole show. 
Um, That's the first blatant iconic monster they had on the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so not so not a big deal in the show though. It's like, yeah. and they sh- it, and actually it's referenced in this episode for sure. You see him on like and, a and, world news. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the weekly world news. And, yeah, that monster was played by Darren Morgan. Yeah. We're in the monster suit. Yeah. Darren Dan Morgan is invaluable. <laughs> he is the expert. Well, it, it's it's an iconic monster, but so so fleeting. Mm-hmm. So so minimally used. Yeah. But it you know, used to promote so much stuff. Because yeah. you make scary look scarier. Which is, you know, what they tried to, they, you know, tried to, they were, they were competing with, with other, uh, like, syndicated shows, like Outer Limits. So they, they probably had to, to push the horror elements a little harder in advertising, advertising at the time. Yeah, yeah I remember. Was a Stargate TV show that was big, too, I remember. And I, I remember that. Uh, this show being promoted more as a horror show at certain points. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't really, you know, I actually thought X-Files was a a horror series for a long time. You know, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really watch it much when it was on, but I just remember thinking of it as, oh, that's a horror series. Um, yeah, it was considered a Kolchak tribute or Night yes. Stalker tribute. Yeah. So, Yeah. Another David Chase thing. <laughs> yeah. David Chase. Well, well, it's also, you talk about Tone Hunter, and uh, it's funny because I just watched the first season of Millennium for the first time. I've never seen it. Is it worth uh, watching? Because I've only seen that show sporadically. What's that? Is it worth watching? I've never seen it. Okay, the first season is so dark and, and so dark, so violent for the time and so depressing that it's a tough watch because it's that one consistent dark tone it's not funny it doesn't go for quirky character stuff uh two episodes are genuinely disturbing like even by today's standards with all the the cringe horror we've had um there's one about a guy that's strangling horses he's killing horses and it's kind of a warm-up for killing women it is the most it's the best episode of that entire season the only one i actually recommend going and watching and it, it it was creepy like that was a creepy episode but i understand they brought in darren morgan for the second season to uh give the show a different uh tone because it was considered too dark and too da- too much of a downer to be much of a ratings hit so apparently there's a lot of satiric episodes in the second season and it needs it because it's just it's like watching uh you know, like a Chris Nolan movie where it's just he's hitting you with just yeah constant goth or something. It's too mm-hmm. much. It's too much for the viewer. But uh, I do look forward to to tackling the second season. I guess the third season's pretty crazy and off the charts too. Yeah, and they because I I just remember they kind of used X Files to sort of wrap that show up, like they had an episode. Yeah, yeah, and it would disappointed everybody. Yeah, totally disappointed people. And I remember watching that and being baffled because I didn't keep up with Millennium, so I didn't know what yeah. they were really wrapping up. I didn't. I, that's it. how I found out so about it. Was, like, I watched that episode and I went, "Oh, that's a thing." Okay, because <laughs> it's so yeah, out of left field. The show on Fridays you never watched. <laughs> well, I mean, there was people. I don't mean to be cheeky. You don't forget that at the time there was a 
like a broader TV interconnected fictional universe involving uh, Richard Belzer. Yeah. As as right. Munch from Homicide. Um and you know, this is before, you know, long before Lorna SVU. And Munch was, you know, in the X Files in um in ninety six. Why am I mentioning that? Um, because I mean, I never watched Millennium when it was on either. But, but I mean, the fact that Millennium was, you know, related peripherally to the X Files, it didn't really phase me because so was, I guess, you know, everything else. Yeah. You know, why? And, you know, and when you'd watch, you know, actual advertisements and the shit was on, you know, sometimes they'd have. You know the characters plugging, in, you know the local the local sitcom that was going to be on at nine thirty. So it's not entirely easy to discern what and what what and was not, you know, in in the reality of the show. So Millennium was, you know, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine of. X-Files <laughs> in the sense that it was unappreciated yeah yeah no I'm gonna have to we have to go check out that horse strangling episode like that just sounds yeah, so weird yeah. it's crazy that's the that's the only one of that season of the first season I think okay that's outstanding you if you watch one just watch that one because it's genuinely creepy and then after Millennium there's the lone gunman but only yeah. I, I didn't mean, watch. I feel, I feel only, bad now. I only watched the first. Actually, I think I watched the first few episodes of the Lone Gunman. Yeah. Enough to see them. They kind of like The first episode is really different from the rest. The first episode's the one that's like eerily nine eleven. Like, wow! Like a few months before, you guys figured it out. But uh, but the rest of the series is much more comedic. Uh, in fact, you know, they introduce a character named Jimmy Bond, who's like kind of this dumb guy who wants to help them out, but it's, it's way more of a comedy series. Like it's, it doesn't try to go for the X-Files tone, like the lone gunman or it's like Scooby in the gang solving mysteries. <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's, it's hard a, to see. I never see it available anywhere. Yeah. I, I got the DVD set. Um. Okay. which was pretty cheap. Uh, mm -hmm. But <laughs> again, wrapping up shows using X-Files to wrap up shows, they uh, brought back Jimmy for the last episode with the lone gunman in the last season. Probably one of my least favorite episodes of X-Files because yeah. <laughs> it, the lone gunman is a comedy show. And then they do, a comedy episode of the X-Files with the lone gunman that's full of wacky hijinks and Jimmy Bonds in it. And then they all get killed at the end. And the whole time you're like, okay, so when, when are they going to pop up and go like, Hey guys, just kidding. What? They're dead. Oh, yeah. Oh no. Like, like, it just killed them off. Like it, just, it was so misjudged. It was so. 
just the wrong wrong tone it was i don't know what they were thinking and uh all the people who were involved with it went yeah we misjudged that one that yeah, I mean, they, by the time that they made, I think it was called Jump the Shark, they they had already not, they, I don't think they, the, the show was never, and well, if they want to say, there's a, a time when the X-Files jumped the shark, it is when they moved to, to America. Mm-hmm. Because that's when the tone shifted, but I, I don't think jumping the shark is a problem, ever. Um, sometimes you have to jump the shark to Find your footing. Yeah. Um, but, but by that time, the X Files is the X Files was so conceptually distorted that it really didn't matter. I don't know this the the uh, the the old the, the oh, no no I'm babbling things like the cops episode. Um, oh yeah. Great in its day are just just too much now. Mm-hmm. And um, now, mind you. Having one or two Dear Morgan or comedy episodes a season isn't isn't too objectionable, but you know towards the end there was delirium. Yeah, no, I noticed um, in certain seasons. I can't remember which ones, but I did notice that there were too many of those types of episodes. Um, which I normally like enjoy those episodes, but they a little bit goes a long way with those. But the uh, yeah, they're they were pushing them. But yeah, if you if you want to be disappointed, watch the Lone Gunman, then watch Jump the Shark that episode. And, oh, oh boy! But they found a way to bring the Lone Gunman back a little bit in the the when they brought X Files back. Um, but they were still dead though. Yeah, they yeah. never got better. You saw some of them in in cyberspace, and then when Mulder trips mushrooms while he's listening to Honky Tonk Badonka Donk by Trace Adkins. And he's like tripping mushrooms in the honky tonk club. And uh, he's hanging out with the lone gunman and Skinner. <laughs> or no, was Skinner there? I can't remember if Skinner was there, but the yes, lone gunman are all Skinner there. Skinner was there. Yeah. It was all hallucination. Yeah. It was amazing. It's good. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. I don't, I'm not sure if I've seen all the new X-Files. Because it seems like I... you, have to, you have to watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit down and and finally, and I may actually have to binge the last couple of new seasons or yeah. whatever you call them. They're they're, they're, they're both short. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No. It's very British network. Yeah, they're like mini series. It was like five or six episodes. I think I yeah. watched the first slew of them. I didn't watch the follow up or mm-hmm. vice versa. I can't remember. Yeah, the follow up. The follow up. Uh, I I think I remember liking the second series more um Wait, right. yeah. what the second season the second follow-up series is way better yeah i thought okay because i watched the first the first one had the alex jones stand in that can we say his name without getting pulled off youtube i, <laughs> I don't know but uh it had the, fine design yeah it had the actor doing the alex jones type of character yeah i remember that yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I think the problem with the first uh, revival is people expected a constant mythology arc because the first episode is so urgent that it seemed that they'd have to get to the bottom of the Joel McHale UFO Russia conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But then they go straight to uh, Monster of the Week. Yeah. Which 
really threw people for a loop because anthology television had died about a decade before that. So people had no idea how to process this shit from, oh no, we have to get ahead of the conspiracy, which is which much worse now in the present day mm-hmm. than, you know, bam, oh, we have to investigate ghosts. Yeah, and there's the, you know, the, the cyberspace, the episode where like one of the lone gunmen's consciousness is uploaded in the computer and um yeah because they do that and then they have the one-off episodes and i think that that did really throw audiences because i remember people being confused online uh when they tuned in next week and they're off on some other mystery um with scully and Mulder's kid being like there was this one episode where that was real downer with about that about their their maybe maybe not kid i i yeah i just you know but uh i think i think that's it was sort of a it felt like an anomaly at that time yeah and we everyone knew there's going to be so little there's so few episodes to handle so much mystery mm-hmm. so many questions yeah <laughs> So many questions that need to be answered, and it was advertised with the with spaceships and explosions and people running, mm-hmm. and the alien virus getting worse, the end of the world, and the specter of uh, I forget uh, from six feet under what that woman's name is. Oh, um, from can't hardly wait. What's her name? And they were going to replace Scully with her and Agent Mulder with, with Robbie Amell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, are they going to do that? Are they going to... Alien virus is going to get them and we're going to replace them for real this time. I want to say her name is like Paula Poundstone or something, but I know <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. What was the... Uh, there was that one episode... That was the Mandala Effect episode. Yes. Yeah. Where the probably the only honest television about the current state of American politics. But you know, (laughs) five years ago. Refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's 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 one to go look at. But uh, I, you know, I don't think people, I don't think people appreciate it because it was too, it was too, uh, um, frivolous. Yes. It's a dark thing. Yeah, you can't have an episode where that makes fun of the uh, Berenstein Berenstain Bears freak out on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a really real threat. Yeah. Slow, it's time ripples that are still going on because of it. It's true. Even in this um well guys, uh so Zolly, what did you think of uh the pusher episode? Well, I'm I'm always a good fan of it. I mean the the idea of the 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 phrase I'm a you know Pluto warrior mm-hmm. is one of the many pseudo Zen phrases that has stuck with me <laughs> in my life. Because there are only so many of them. Um the sequel episode kind of neuters Pusher a little bit, and I can't really separate them. 
Yeah. So they go together. Um, I think Blizzard is very influential because um, you, you see um, you see you know psychic attacks depicting other medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it very similar to the opening of the episode. Well, I mean, the opening of the episode is evocative in many ways of scanners also. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. He kind of does give you Michael Ironside vibes a little bit. Um, the uh, Modell character played by Robert Wisden. Wisden, Wisden. Um, like, you know, convincing the guy to set himself on fire and all, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's certainly one of the ones that stuck with me when I initially watched all of the episodes of X-Files, you know, thought that that, that one particularly was, uh, it kind of, it kind of stood out as having a particularly memorable villain who was scary, who seemed like a real threat to, to Mulder and Scully, um, that he could really do some damage. Uh, with his ability to just convince people to do whatever, uh, but and and what was it? He talks that uh, fat cop into having a heart attack. Yeah, on yeah. the phone. Weird scene. You got all that fat and grease in your artery. <laughs> yes, you could feel him hardening up, and he's like, ah! <laughs> and then he, he's well, he like, put the phone down. Gotta get the trace, <laughs> and then it turns out he's like. Where, what's the phone number where you're at oh i'll give it to you <laughs> it's, it's here it is uh you know it's fine it's a pay phone no big deal <laughs> yeah it was just um it, they give you a villain that uh Mulder has to outsmart yeah. and it ends up being scully who outsmarts him but yeah. you know but Mulder wants to match wits with him but gets his butt saved by scully basically yeah they have the was, uh they have the deer hunter showdown at the end, the Chris Walken, Robert De Niro yeah. <laughs> showdown. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to run out of time on this meeting. So why don't we go ahead and rate this episode? Uh, Zolly, what would you give it out of 10? Oh, uh, seven out of 10. Oh, yes. Seven. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good. Solid solid rating john what about you uh second time watching it I'd give it a seven it's uh it's fun it's it's you it's a good standard solid x-files episode to watch when you're on the road and you just want to get your mind off of things for like 50 minutes and there you go watch watch pusher yeah i think i think this one um if you had asked me a few days ago what i would rate it i would have said like a nine i, I would have been like oh it's one of the best episodes of x-files one of the best Watching it again, I'm like, yeah. it's really good. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's top 10, but it's really good. Uh, so I might give it a seven or an eight, but uh, you know, it, it, I, it went a little bit down in my estimation, but I still think it's one of the more solid like episodes that, uh, you know, I would recommend to somebody uh, getting into X files. I think it's a good one to watch. Um it's a good intro one. It's yeah. good, just standalone entry to, to Gateway X Files, basically. You, you don't need any of the lore. You don't need any background, really. You can just kind of no jump. Cigarette in. smoking man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I just, you know, I think any, in, like a lot of, uh, a lot of the Vince Gilligan episodes that are one-offs are really solid like that. You know, I think he wrote a lot of good ones. But yeah, um, do you have anything to plug, Zolly, before we go? Oh, I've got uh, no projects at, at this time. I, you know, I've been doing nothing. Just restoring? Money. Well, yeah, just, you know, me me and my bots, obviously. Yeah, bot farms. Uh, my bots, and... they canceled back up. <laughs> <laughs> That hurt me the most, you know. Yeah. It hurts me more than it hurts them. But, you know, strong medicine. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it is. Um, I feel like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Like it's a good for you. It's a good for your soul. <laughs> uh, John, you got anything right now? Uh, No, nothing right now. I'll be recording uh, a guest appearance on another podcast. Yeah. Later this week might be out by the time. Uh, well, it probably won't be out for a few weeks. It may not even be out till October. I don't know yet. But it's going to be on the Then Is Now podcast. I think it's on that one. That guy runs uh, Roger. He runs several different shows, and who knows what I'm going to end up on. But I'll I'll know more by the time it's recorded and done and produced and released and everything. But um, I just want to note on speaking of Batgirl. Remember, Chris Carter directed a movie that was shelved and has never been seen called, I think it's called Fence Walker. Oh, and interesting. It was like his big Valentine to the Obama administration. It was like a high school movie. You can look it up. Oh, seriously. wow. Yeah. This thing okay. was filmed and never released. I think and, I heard, I remember, I didn't know he did that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I think it was called Fence Walker. I think it's the title. Uh, but yeah, I saw people acting like this has never happened before. I was like, this has happened plenty of times. You know? Yeah, it's happened a lot. It's like, but yeah, there's a Chris Carter unreleased movie. I bet Fence more Walker. movies get shelved than get released. What? Oh, I think more movies get shelved than get released. I think they do. Oh, yeah. Like, you just don't hear about like people invest their, their, their whole lives, their whole shit. You know, to make some movie about, you know, some tap dancing guy who goes to the gas chamber and then, you know, then it's all over and it's gone. Yeah. 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 That it's a lot more than Day the Clown Cried. A whole yeah. lot more. Than oh, that. yeah. Just, no, that's yeah. just that's just the one that's made the round at the parties. But uh, yeah, yeah. they don't talk about fence, fence walker or whatever the hell it's called. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so. Before we go, uh, check out our Ko-Fi donations. You know, leave us a little tip just to help us uh, cover our expenses. You know, my uh, my my. I think the gravy train for my Zoom account has ended, so I may have to do something about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Zolly. It's always great to have you on. You're always <laughs> always the best thank insights you. and. And always the the it's hottest, so freshest great. takes. Humble. <laughs> Humble. Humble gratitude. Yeah. Thanks. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and say adios. All right. Peace out. And now it's time for Rue Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez.
amazed and a little surprised nobody other than those woke CRGTs who long for the return of Joe Biden's memory. Stand-up comedian and transvestite Eddie Izzard, inspired by the war in Ukraine, and specifically the heroic pose of President Zelensky, has decided to formally involve himself in frontline politics and has announced his intention to stand as a prospective parliamentary candidate. The rainbow teapot waiver, complete with Max Factor Black Egyptian and Rouge fingernails, openly conceded his chances of winning the candidacy for the safe Labour seat of Sheffield Central were nominal at best, that he, she, or whatever, was prepared to give us some top-quality pluck. I know it's a tough constituency to win over, said Edwina, but I intend to win over a tough working-class northern seat with my array of pearl necklaces, diamante earrings, and Gucci high heels. He, she, whatever boasted. Sheffield Central has a safe Labour majority of 27,000 from the last general election in 2019. It was up until 30 years ago heavily involved in coal mining. Either way, I'm sure that Eddie, or rather he, she, whatever, that's exactly what he, she, or whatever, is doing. Media, and English TV's favourite TV copper actor Stephen Tomkinson, goes on trial this week accused of assaulting a member of the public in a late-night bust about Celebus House in Whitley Bay, this back in May last year. Well, anyway, that's his career down the tubes, then. The flat-water geared actor faces a minimum custodial sentence of five years if convicted. Tomkinson, lead actor in long-running ITV crime drama series DCI Banks, Monday nights, 9pm, ITV. Also, funny enough, actually played a copper in Minder. Well, I say Minder, not the classic years of the Dennis Waterman, George Cole axis, but the piss-poor Gary Webster years, which I really just don't want to talk about. Personally, I can't really be sure if the general prison population can really tell the difference between a fictional TV detective and the real thing. Either way, I suspect any general prison population, not least in terms of D-Wing, may not necessarily be so forgiving after all either way. Lemmings and the Ecolean campaign group Just Stop Oil went too far this week, yet again, when a member decided to occupy a makeshift tunnel connecting oil refineries in Essex. One problem now, the activist has asthma and is now complaining of a lack of oxygen in the tunnels, which is nice. Hopefully, if anything, the other 50 activists who joined it presumably will also accidentally forget their rainbow-coloured inhalers in the same way. It's always reassuring to know that the ecological rainbow warriors are always prepared to suffocate themselves to death for their children's futures. I myself would send cartons of Marlboro just to basically really increase ventilation. I mean, that said, when I say cartons of Marlboro, I don't mean the red and white cartons of Marlboro, I mean the black gay disabled rainbow coloured cartons of Marlboro. I like to think that makes a difference. Finally, further notes in passing, actor Tom Hardy wins two medals in the jiu-jitsu competition of Wolverhampton this week thereby immediately having the door closed on him playing James Bond in the future. What the Broccolis would actually want with an actor who can physically handle himself is just debatable. Meanwhile, Manchester United fans go on the rampage outside of Old Trafford ahead of their game against Liverpool. Why people keep bombing the city of Manchester, on the other hand, is really just a mystery. And doctors under new government proposals could have the remit to reduce the energy bills of patients. Under the Kant, doctors could decide that patients living in conditions of poverty suffering maladies, which may be related may be entitled to at least a 10% discount off their annual gas bills next year. That's fantastic, because given my annual gas bill last year, I'm off now to catch AIDS. Pax.
Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? Go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.